Lately, the rain's been coming in biblical proportions. Only I don't have an ark. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of July 11, 2013. Uh, I don't know what you're complaining about. Rain's always a good thing for us farmers, right? Well, it just... It, it's that whole Aristotle's principle of the golden mean or Ben Franklin moderation, you know, it just that balance, that that perspective that you get when you have a little bit, the right amount of something. It's great. Too much of a good thing. Not so great. Last, that, that's a long winded way of answering your question and saying, no, it's not always good. The last 15 days, we have had rain for 13 of those days. It's not that we've gotten all, you know, a huge quantity of rain. I toted it up here at Longleaf Breeze. We've gotten about seven inches during the last 15 days, which is a lot. It is a lot. But, I mean, we've certainly had bigger rains. It's just the mind-numbing consistency of it. We just cannot dry out. And, you know, you, our normal course here is to have a couple of days of rain and then three or four days that are that with lots of sunshine. And it dries things up and sort of like the itsy-bitsy spider. He went down the water spout, but then the sun came and dried the water out. And uh, I'm butcher, butchering that. But to say that that is what we, that's the pattern we expect is that the sun does come and dry off the leaves of plants and the grass so that you can mow it, but that has not been happening. It has stayed wet. Uh, We get up every morning and we see everything is still wet. Um, In the afternoon, our pattern has been a, a fairly high level of humidity in the morning. And then by the middle of the afternoon, the, the humidity will go down. You know, in the morning it might be around you know 95, 97, 99 percent, which is pretty oppressive. But then by you know three o'clock in the afternoon, it'll be down around 55 or 60 percent on a typical summer afternoon. Right. What we've had these last two weeks is temp- humidity in the high 90s all day long, even at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And you just can't dry out. <laughs> yeah. Everything is wet and stays wet. Yeah. And it's it's really strange. Um another byproduct of all that are the mosquitoes. We have had worse mosquitoes than we've ever experienced here. And I understand I did not listen to the news yesterday, but uh Mama was listening to the Montgomery news and Apparently, it's a problem all over the area. It's not just at the farm. Yeah. Um, what it means for us is we're sort of fearful about working outside for any period of time. You spent some time outside this morning. And, and I, I wore a lot your, more clothing. Yeah. <laughs> you had your long sleeve shirt, your long pants, and I'm sure you slathered insect repellent all over yourself. And I had my hair down to cover my neck and ears, even though it was hot and I would have liked to have had it up. I had my hair down and I wore boots and long socks underneath the, you know, underneath my jeans. So I did the best I could to protect and just 
as you said, I put insect repellent like on my face as much as I could. I'm really uh, leery of the poison kind. So I used uh, Avon Skin So Soft. And I, I guess I got along okay. I only got a couple of bites. But the point is, it's like going into a jungle. I mean, One of our mosquitoes. favorite daily activities is feeding the fish down at the pond. But even that has been, that's taken the fun out of feeding the fish because the mosquitoes are just awful. Especially just absolutely awful. And especially at the time of day when it's best to feed the fish, which is evening, you know, duskish or a little bit before, when the fish would like to be fed, that's when the mosquitoes are the absolute worst. That I remember going down there and just seeing mosquitoes hovering all over you, me, Adrian, as we walked down there. And um, as you, you said the first time you tried it, it was sort of like being in a science fiction movie with Attack of the Killer Mosquitoes or something. Yeah, it's just weird. Just yeah. weird. Uh, I never wear insect repellent. Never have needed to that much. I'll get a few mosquito bites or a few biting flies, but it's just not enough to merit slathering that poison all over me. Uh, but now I'm wearing it. Every time I go outside, I'm wearing insect repellent because if you don't, you're just going to be eaten alive. Yeah, I so do that, have some organic type that I'm trying, and I would okay. suggest we spray on you to see. More if it power works. to you. I hope it helps you. I, I'm putting that, you know, industrial DEET. stuff. The stuff with DEET. Yeah, that'll yeah. do it. Uh, one thing we did right is as soon as this stuff started, we began running the dehumidifier here in the apartment where we live, and we're confident that that has made a huge difference. It has. In fact, we were gone out of town for a couple of days, and the dehumidifier cut off while we were gone, um, and it didn't smell very good in here. But it didn't take it but a few days of just keeping the humidity level down, not meaning running, running the dehumidifier every second, but running it long enough to get it down and keep it and we keep the door shut and we keep the ceiling fan going um and believe it or not it's comfortable in here even if it's 80 yeah it, it feels, feels good cool. when the humidity is so yeah. low but it just goes to show how effective that dehumidifier is in dealing with the problem of you know not only does it feel less oppressive it just feels it smells better it smells back to normal yeah the problem is of course the dehumidifier really sucks down the power um, and we can talk about that in a minute because we've got um, several of the things to talk about. First, uh, I, gu I guess the next one is we've got the air conditioner going in the lodge. We don't normally have the air conditioner running up there, but we keep and the, we've set it at 80 degrees I was going to say, so, we keep the thermostat pretty high. It's just a matter of letting it run long enough to keep the, deep, you know, the humidity down. And we have a, a closet that's completely sealed. It's It's for clothes and that kind of thing, but it's not... In the, it, it's not receiving the air conditioning or heating or anything of the lodge. It's 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 free of any kind of um, climate control. So I went in there one day and it felt really humid. And I just the clothes were fine. I did find one or two little things I had stored in there that were beginning to mildew. I said, you know, I'm, and so I have a we have a second dehumidifier. The reason we have two is that when we owned our house in Birmingham, we still had one there to try to dehumidify the basement which it worked, by the way. So um, I've begun running, running the dehumidifier in that closet. That's done the trick, too. No more, you know, it doesn't feel dank at all in there when I go in. And what was very telling is the first day I ran it, after about a day and a half, the bucket of water was almost full. 
So, which is yeah, how you can tell. Our dehumidifiers are identical, and they hold probably, oh, maybe three and a half gallons of water. And it doesn't take them long to fill up no. that reservoir no. if, if it's humid. So it and, and it really makes a difference. Uh, we have had to use the clothes dryer these last few days. The problem with, you know, we do have times when it's not raining, but the problem is it's so humid, if you hang the clothes on the line, they just hang there. They don't dry. Yeah. It's weird. And what's even stranger, normally the storage room is fairly dry. That afternoon sun, when we have it, comes in there and it stays nice and dry. Well, I usually, if I need to dry something inside, or, you know, like let's say in a normal, just rainy season, as you said, the pattern we had before of afternoon thunder showers that, that hit uh, and then dissipate, I'll hang things in that storage room and they'll be dry by the next day. Now I'm having to hang them in the apartment on a clothes rack. The apartment, because of the dehumidifier we just talked about, the apartment is where it's dry and the storage room, which normally was very hot and dry, is not. So it just goes to show how much things have changed with all this rain we've had. And as you know, I watch our power bill daily and I get an email every day telling me what our power usage was the day before. And our power usage is running about three times normal because of all these things we just told you about. It's, um, it's taking its toll on our finances. All right, well, talk a little bit about what we have experienced in terms of the growing things. What are you seeing? Well, one byproduct of all the rain is just not getting out there as often to look at the, the garden, especially a couple of days there we had just constant rain. But finally, I went out there today. I, as you said, I put my long sleeves, long pants on, um, went out to just do everything I could. And I noticed that um, some of the leaves on some of the tomato plants are turning brown and uh, look almost rotten. So I, I've got to believe that's a byproduct of the rain. I'll try to do some research on that, but that much saturation is bound to have some kind of negative effect on the plant. Um, we have some of the fruit and I'm using that term generically, the fruits of the plant, such as peppers, um, any um, tomatoes that were low-hanging, they, uh, cucumbers, you know, they're, they're um, touching the soil. And, of course, the soil, rather than being dry, is just permanently wet. So, um, and there was a cabbage that had turned over. When I say turned over, it had a long stalk. And um, normally, if it just... Would, were to lie there on its side on a dry bed or a bed that would dry out, no problem. Well, this cabbage had begun to rot on one side. So I pulled it, and certainly we can salvage most of the cabbage. But, um, you know, it just I have to get that fruit off the ground as quickly as I can because it doesn't dry out. Um, because we hadn't been out there lately, the cucumbers, which you have mentioned before, are thugs and going everywhere. Some of the cucumbers had gotten, let's just say, rather large. <laughs> I may just be using those to save seed. Um, but I, I cut off as many cucumbers as I could. Um, you know, I think the, the leeks, the leeks have an unusual, not healthy look to them. They're just, uh, luckily I had um, replanted some where they had uh, multiplied. I had put some more in the ground. And those new leeks are looking good. But 
the older ones just around the bottoms look as if they're rotting. Not sure they are, but it just they don't look as green and healthy as they did before all this rain hit. The sweet potatoes are going absolutely crazy. I'll say this, and I don't know whether it's just the rain or my bad planning, but this is probably the last year I'm going to try to trellis sweet potatoes. It hasn't worked. They just kind of take off and do what their own thing. So <laughs> I think I'm just going to give up and let a whole bed be taken, be sweet potatoes next year. We won't trellis them. They'll just be there. And uh, but You see, I, I, I feel differently about that. I mean, I, I have no problem I'm with not saying a I won't try sweet again. potatoes. Yeah. But I think you almost need to have the trellis because otherwise you feel like you need to let them fall out and go crazy outside And they're the bed. doing that anyway. And then I can't mow. I know. That's so an issue. So <laughs> I, I think we need the trellis so that yeah. we can feel a little better about keep restraining them somehow. Well, then maybe what I would do is put the trellis right in the middle and plant the sweet potatoes on the either side and then not have any other vegetables in that bed. Because I what I did that. this year yeah, that makes is sense. I tried to put eggplant and some herbs in there with it, and it's just bonkers. Um, and the rain, I think, is probably made that worse um i mentioned about the watermelons right splitting no oh i haven't well that's a sad byproduct of this i've noticed in previous years that i've had problems with my watermelon splitting sometimes just the intense heat but anytime i've had too much rain i've also seen that so there were about four of them that were fairly small they were not ripe just split open, and so those had to just go right into the compost. Just from the water pressure, you think? I don't know. Again, that's something I need to research because I just discovered this this morning, that there were four of them like that. Um, but because I've, we've not had a season like this before, um, I can't be- help but believe there's it's not just a coincidence. There's something water-related about it. So Makes we sense. shall see. Um, and, and that's the main thing. I, it's just that it's all... Uh, damp and oh yes of course the weeds love it they're growing great you know the the um you just mowed in between the yeah that's, beds the other day we're struggling with this at the church right now because i work to keep the grounds there and we're struggling with it here as well the grass just loves this weather and the weeds <laughs> the, the cloudiness the moisture is just right for grass and weeds and so you know, I'm having to mow at least once a week, if not more. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but, you know, but out in the orchard, for what it is worth, the muscadines are happy. Uh, they've, they've set fruit now, and their fruit's swelling. And, I mean, they must like all this moisture, all I can figure. Mm-hmm. Um, the apples and pears are looking good. The... Um, persimmons are looking good, so well, that's great news. Know, I, I don't have anything that I can point to and say, "Oh, I've got this problem with the performance of the crops in the orchard because of the rain." I'm not aware of any problems. I did lose another fig tree this week. I don't know why. I uh, saw that. Yeah, but that one was... of our Papa Johns went down this week, and I don't understand what's driving that. Uh, it's not the first one we've lost. So, And I noticed you brought in four peaches off one of the peach trees, and they look good. Yeah, so. the reason I went ahead and did that is that uh, our last harvester peach just fell off the tree. And I said, well, gee, you know, wonder, wonder what else. So when I saw that harvester had just fallen, 
I decided to go ahead and harvest the June gold, even though it, the peaches didn't feel as soft as I would like. I didn't want to take a risk that we right. would lose another one. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Well, there is one positive byproduct of all this. Um, we put we set out three um, crepe myrtle trees, one purple smoke, I believe it's called, and um, a magnolia tree. They're all doing great. They're loving all this rain. In fact, one of the uh, crepe myrtles is already blooming, like beautiful pink Looks great. color. The other two are setting their blossoms, you, the little sort of um, <coughs> seed-looking pods that they have before they break into, before they flower. And then the purple smoke has put on some new growth. So, um, and, and you noticed the other day, it looked as though some of the centipede grass is actually coming up. Yes. That we put out. So, um, you know, and we haven't had to water. That's the nice thing about True. it. Saved us having to get out and water. So we, we're trying to look at and the positive. If you want, to, do you want to talk another positive, I haven't turned the drip irrigation on in a couple of weeks because I just, you know, we get, we've had way too much rain. I didn't it. want to make yeah. it worse by yeah, trying to that's irrigate. That's the truth. That's the truth. But it does seem that every year we have some novel obstacle. This year for me started out with vole problems. So I really didn't get as much planted in the first place as I normally do. But then this happens, and now I'm thinking, well, even if I had planted a lot more tomatoes or a lot more of some other type crop, it may be, you know, too soggy out there. It's not drying out. It, it is one thing that we've talked about with uh, raised beds, that it's possible to plant more intensively than you normally do in row planting. But... When you have this kind of weather and the plants can't dry out, probably planting intensively is more of a negative. That's my um, Because takeaway it's so hard this. for the air to move yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's not, we're not getting a nice breeze through there. It's not circulating. It's just soggy. So um, something else to consider, and I'll add that to my little bag of tips when I talk to people about raised bed planting, is, hey, if you live in a wet climate or... You're going to have a rainy summer. Of course, you never know if you are. Then that intensive planting might not be such a great idea. But it is uh, disheartening, I guess, to have this every year a new challenge, a new obstacle. Um, it makes me remember this fellow that I listened to. His, his program is called um, Radio Eco Shock, and one of the things he said the other day is the normal is there is no normal. The new normal is there is no normal. Yeah. And and that is what we are experiencing now. We we seem to have lost any connection with a normal sequence of weather and so forth. Um we'll do the best we can. Right. And and try to learn from the mistakes we make and the mistakes that others make and see if we can't share enough knowledge back and forth so that we know how to respond to all of this. And, and learn how to adapt in the face of constant change, which is what it seems that we have had. But I guess that's all the time we have for this week. So, so we will say goodbye. Time. We hope that your garden is looking good these days and that you and the people you love are doing well. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. 
You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.